Welcome to the KPB Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At KPB, we don't think money should dictate who has the opportunity to play college baseball or who gets to make informed decisions throughout the college baseball recruiting process. And all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the KPB podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the KPB podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. What's up, guys? Welcome to another KPB podcast. We're excited to welcome San Jose State's head baseball coach, Brad Sanfilippo, to the podcast. Coach Flip is in his third season at the helm of the San Jose State Spartan program, where he's already had success leading the team to a Mountain West tournament appearance, the club's winningest season since 2011, and the highest single-season conference win total for the club in nearly a decade. No stranger to Division I baseball, Sam Filippo served as a D1 assistant and recruiter from 2010 to 2017, including a handful of years with Cal in the Pac-12 and Summers on the Cape in the prestigious Cape Cod League. He's helped 21 players get drafted, four of whom are currently in the big leagues, and he helped lead the California Golden Bears to an appearance in the College World Series. Before making the transition to college coaching, Sam Filippo was the head coach at his alma mater, Los Gatos High School, where he won four league championships and two section titles. He was inducted into the Los Gatos High School Hall of Fame in 2009. We're excited to pick his brain about recruiting, player development, and yes, we even take a deep dive into some NFL season predictions for his beloved San Francisco 49ers. Stay tuned for the interview with San Jose State's head coach, Brad Sanfilippo, coming up right now. Coach Flip, thanks for joining us on the KPB podcast. Thanks, Ethan, for having me, buddy. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the invitation. Yeah, so we're going to jump right into things. Um, your career in baseball has included a number of different stops, including high school championships, trip to the College World Series. So why don't you just start off by telling us about your career in baseball, where you've been, and how you became the head coach at San Jose State. Yeah, well, I feel extremely fortunate to to, to be the head coach at San Jose State, um, to have this opportunity here, basically where I grew up, is uh, you know something that I take a lot of pride in. I'm just really happy to to kind of be at home and be able to lead such a historic program, um, you know, a, a program that's been to the College World Series and you know had a success of producing so many good players, and so that means a lot to me. Um, having grown up in this area, my dad went to San Jose State, and you know, growing up as a kid, being able to go to San Jose State games or Stanford games, Cal games, you know, Santa Clara games, you know, all those programs, you know, had had great history when I was growing up. Be able to go watch those players here in the Bay Area was was really, really, you know, great as a college baseball fan as a kid. Um, and so to be where I am today is uh, there is no direct route to get to get here, but I definitely feel fortunate, you know, kind of having the path that I did. You know, I started as a high school coach at my alma mater at Los Gatos High School. 
tremendous opportunity to be around great athletes and um, had a great staff there. You know, we did some historic things there, able to uh, win the first CCS championship in school history. Um, so, I, you know, that was that was a great accomplishment. We were able to follow that back up. Um, you know, in 2004, I took over at Los Gatos, was there until 2009. We, we were able to win championships in 2006 and 2009. Uh, really, really good players. Um, and so uh, that summer of 2009, I took an opportunity to go coach, coach in Cape Cod. Um, there were a couple of volunteer jobs open, open that summer, and I had a had a desire to, to, to be in college baseball. Um, and so I, I, I took an opportunity to go to Cal uh, with Coach Esker. Great staff there, great players there. Awesome opportunity to, to, to be, um, you know, to work in the Pac-12, to work at Cal. Um, and then uh, Coach Nakama gave me an opportunity to be the recruiting coordinator at San Jose State in 2013. Um, again, you know, you just, you're, you're so thankful of all the opportunities that people give you, um, to work in this game. And I, I had a great opportunity from coach Nakama, um, who's an amazing coach and, uh, spent two years here before I got an opportunity to go back as a hitting coach at, at Cal in 2015, was there back in 15, 16 and 17. Um, and, you know, we made a regional final at Texas A&M uh, my first year back there in 2016. Um, really, really good team. Um, kind of one of those one of those teams were predicted to go to Omaha. Um, we got a little banged up, you know, on the on the pitching side, so it didn't didn't pan out that way. And then after the 2017 season, um, you know, I was sort of on the outside looking in to uh, to to my next coaching opportunity. Um, and in, in January, I had an opportunity to take over at San Jose State. So, um, what that team did in 2018 here at San Jose State, um, with, with those players, I'll forever be, you know, indebted to them and that staff. Um, what an amazing little run that we had, and that was that was that was so fun. So, um, and and here I sit now as, as the head coach of San Jose State. So, um, excited, but again, that 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 journey to to get here is is, you know, a lot of stops along the way with a lot of good coaches and a lot of good players and, you know, happy for the, all the opportunities that I've been given. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, um, it's a good lesson for players and coaches out there listening that, like you said, there's not one single path to get where you want to go. So that's, that's pretty cool. And you, they took the interim tag off of you, uh, for last season. So last year was your first year, uh, full year as the head coach at San Jose state. Is that right? Yeah. Um, last year was our first full year. Um, you know, it was certainly a, a little bit of a, a crazy transition taking it over when I did in, in January of 2018, about three and a half weeks before the season started. Um, and then, you know, to get that interim tag taken off and, um, you know, kind of set forth what your vision is for the program. Um, you know, it's, uh, you just, you just got to get up and get going. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where we are at the moment. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about, about where we are, but, uh, yeah, there's no, there's, there's, you know, there's, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, you know, I think there's always, there's always bumps along the way and, you know, roadblocks and adversity and, um, you know, like as a coach, like a player, you know, you just kind of, you know, you got to believe in yourself and believe in your ability to, to, 
to continue to do what you want to do and you just put your head down and you know you you find your break yeah so obviously as you're looking to build that program recruiting is a huge deal and so I want to I want to jump in and talk about some recruiting questions talk about your recruiting philosophy but why don't you just start off by uh, telling telling us some of the characteristics or the skills or tools that you're looking for in recruits to help you determine whether they can play at your level? Yeah, I think, the, you know, the number, the number one thing is just athleticism, right? Um, you're looking for, you know, the best athletes that, 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 that have obviously performed, um, performed well at, at, at certain levels that, that they have been, that they have been playing at, whether it's, you know, high school or travel ball or wherever you see them, you, you want, you want guys that, that have performed. Um, but that athleticism I think is really important because it, it allows guys to, to be versatile. It allows, it allows a shortstop to go play uh, second base. It allows a shortstop to go play uh, center field. Um, you know, it, uh, it allows guys um, opportunities to play all over the field. And I think if you're surrounding yourselves with, you know, athletic, athletic players, um, you know, I, I think that's, sort of the philosophy that I've been around. Um, I've seen it, I've seen it play out and, um, I think that's how, how we're trying to build it here. So, um, you know, multi-sport athletes are, are great. I know that we are in a time where, um, specialization is, is sort of the thing. Um, but you know, when I, when we, when we see a, a football player that's, that's got some, maybe some rawness to it, or, you know, a basketball player that's, 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 got some aptitude in other sports um you know we know that that when they specialize and concentrate on playing maybe just baseball that 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 athleticism piece is gonna is gonna take over and um you know hopefully you're you're looking at skills and skill sets that that project to 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 being a good player i mean you know you can go out and recruit tools right but at the end of the day um you know you you can win if tools are applied to help you win baseball games so there is certainly a baseball iq piece um and knowing how to play the game that you know that we look for as well yeah so i want to piggyback off of your your comments about playing multiple sports and and multiple positions so one of the questions that we get a lot from parents or players is that you know we know that versatility is something that college coaches are looking for. So how do I, when a coach asks me what I, what do I play? What is the best response? Do I tell him I play shortstop, second base, you know, because that might sound bad. Like I don't have a position that I can't stick. So what is the best way for a player to describe their versatility when you ask them, Hey, what position do you play? What's the best response? Yeah, I think it's just, just honesty, you know, just honesty with, with what your primary position is. Um, but also, you know, what other experiences you have playing other positions and maybe your experience playing other sports that give you, gives maybe a coach a little bit of a window into what that athleticism looks like. Gotcha. So beyond that athleticism, beyond, you know, some of the tools and that baseline skill level, are there any characteristics that you're looking for or that you value in recruits that might be a surprise to the players or parents who are listening to this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that that when you develop when you're developing your relationship with with a player, um, and you're 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 talking to them and, and trying to kind of gather what they're what's most important to them, right? I mean, um, are those 
are those team driven things or those self driven things. And, you know, that's, it's, it's just, um, you know, there's things that you're looking for to figure out what drives, you know, what, what drives the, 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 the potential student athlete that you're recruiting, you know, what, what is most important to them. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a combination of a lot of different things, right? I mean, how, how serious do, do the academics play into, um, you know, what is important to them in terms of, you know, their education and their educational background, right? How, in you know, how, how much is, um, winning at the next level important to them um how much uh how much priority is it in terms of what they want to do beyond baseball both professionally and um professionally as as in like a career wise and then you know how far do they want to take baseball so you know i think it's all of those things of how driven somebody is and how successful they want to be um, at the next level, there's, there's certainly some of those intangible pieces that play into, you know, as you look at the, how well they have performed, uh, on certain levels and then how well will those, you know, skill sets apply to what you're looking for on your club. Um, and then how good of a baseball player they are to, to kind of, um, help you win games. Yeah. So don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're looking for both a track record and a player who has some vision and some, some thought process behind what they're doing in the future. For sure. For sure. It's um, you know, I, I think the demands of a, the demands of a, of a, of a student athlete, um, you know, especially with the number of games that, that a college baseball player, you know, plays. I mean um, there's, there's obviously an adjustment period where, where, you know, when, when you're a freshman, you kind of figure out the, how it works, what the, what the rhythm of a, of a schedule looks like both academically and athletically um, and how that works with, with the weight room and just all of the demands of your time of a student athlete. So um, we obviously don't expect people to show up on campus that they, you know, they've got everything figured out or, right. you know, that they're not some, there's not some bumps or hiccups along the way in terms of, you know, trying to figure out what all of this means, but we're obviously trying to recruit, um, recruit somebody that, that we know is going to be able to handle all of these things and, you know, handle the challenges that are, that are thrown their way, both athletically and academically so that they can be successful. Yeah. So how are you finding players? You know, I know coaches use a lot of different ways, but what are some of the ways that you're finding the players who end up coming to play for you at San Jose state? Yeah, I, I think that as you, you know, I, I think, uh, as you kind of head out in your, in your, to, to, to find your recruiting class, you know, um, when you take over a program, you may have a vision of what it looks like of, of geographically where you may recruit from or, um, you know, where, you know, we're going to get a certain amount of high school players and a certain amount of JC players or, or just however you think it, it lays out on paper. It doesn't always necessarily play out that way when you go out and you recruit you you figure out what your you figure out what your niche is and you figure out um you figure out just kind of who is profiling to you and um if you're having your most success uh say running prospects prospect camps you know we we found players at prospect camps last year that came to our campus that had had an interest in our school and um you know obviously sometimes 
when when kids come to prospect camps we we know who they are and we just haven't spent a lot of time with them and then and then that helps um you know you go out and you you use the relationships that you have um with high school coaches and travel ball coaches to to get uh to get leads on on kids and and um you know you follow those leads and, and see where those go too so you know i i think it's hard and you know the, the kids that are on campus right now these are the these are, this is year one of our of our recruiting right last year was basically the first year that we have recruited and and signed kids um with this with me with me as a head coach so um you know as you kind of get two or three years into your recruiting you start to figure out you know what your niche is and where you have success and um we're, we're kind of figuring that out right now as we go but but we're excited um we're excited with the success that we've had um in northern california but you know also the quality of student athlete we're getting from southern california as well right on so using that whole state um and, and what what type of kids what grad years are you targeting what what years are you guys starting to look at and actually recruit players you know, right now, I would say that we are pretty just heavily focused on the juniors and seniors in high school um, and and the sophomores, you know, the sophomore JC kid um, who is is looking to find a place. Um, you know, we're pretty heavily concentrated right now on that. Um, the the little earlier timeline, I, I, I'm not saying that we are opposed to that, but that's just not where we're focusing right now. You know, we're really focused on um finishing our 20 class and and trying to trying to figure out what our 21 class is going to look like um i know that um recruiting is not always you know the word the word patience is probably not always the word um that that you hear you know but we want to make sure that we're we want to make sure we're, we're doing this right and we're we're calculated about what we're doing and so Right now, I would say we're focused heavily on finishing the 20 class, and then we are trying to now work our way into 21s. We don't have any 2021s committed yet, and um, you know, I, I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, and you know, I've been on both sides of it as well. You've been in the Pac-12. Do you do you notice any big difference between the Power Five recruiting and the the more I guess mid-major recruiting? in terms of when it happens, do you see, do you find that those power fives are going much earlier than uh, a school like San Jose state? Yeah, I think you could, I mean, I think if you were to go out and do your, you know, do your homework, you would see that, um, you know, okay. The biggest, the biggest power five out here, right. Is the, is the PAC 12. And so um, I think if you look at, you know, their recruiting timeline, I mean, they're, 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 probably a lot more accelerated than we are um and um just probably based on that's the nature of how how that conference works and um those those powerhouse schools you know work and operate with with that that level of maybe athlete that they're recruiting and so um we're we're trying to do the same thing and then we're just probably getting a little bit more um you know we are getting getting the kid that maybe has, uh, you know, is coming into his own in, in his junior and senior year. And, and that's, 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 that's great for us. I, we have a tremendous freshman class on campus right now. Um, we've got, we've got JC kids that, that we think are going to, going to help us right away. 
Um, but I think we have a class that's on campus right now that we can really build around. Um, and to be honest with you, we, we did a lot of that recruiting starting in the middle to late August of last year and moving into, moving into the signing date in November last year. So, um, there's, there's, there's good players out there. There really are. Um, and, and I think that right now, this is how our timeline is going to operate. And, and, you know, as we move, as we move in the future, it, it possibly it could change or, or maybe this is just who we are. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, the timeline in the, in the power fives is, you know, probably, you know, centered around freshmen and sophomores in, in high school. And in our, our timeline right now for us, you know, what's best for our program right now is probably a little bit later. Yeah. And certainly knowing what I know from my time on the East coast, I know that you're not alone in that, you know, there's, there's kind of this misconception that if you don't get recruited by a D one as a freshman or even a sophomore, then you have no shot to play at that level. Well, that's not entirely true. As you mentioned, and, and we both well know there's some really good players that, you know, for whatever reason they develop late um, uh, physically or, you know, their skills on the field and, there's plenty of opportunities for them as they get later. So I think that's a, a good piece of information for people out there listening to know that, Hey, if you want to, if you're dead set on division one baseball, um, that doesn't necessarily just happen in your underclass years of high school. No, there's no, I don't think there's any perfect science to, um, to predict, you know, when or where, or how it all happens. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, and, and by each, each school has their own, each school has their own need. Um, each school has their own, their own need and their own roster limitations and, you know, limitations on, on where they are, you know, financially. And, you know, there are, there are plenty of times that, that, you know, you may not have room for a good player that, that, that just may not fit your needs at, at a certain point in time. And um, it doesn't mean that that, that player, um doesn't mean that that player is, is not not capable it just means that there might not be the numbers for for that player to fit in your program yeah sure um let's transition a little bit to some recruiting pet peeves are there are there any big mistakes that you see being made out there repeatedly when you're recruiting guys no i i just i think that you know as uh as as coaches you know you're trying to develop relationships with um with the student athletes that that you're recruiting right and so um they you know they need to have some ownership in that and understand that they're driving this process uh the parents are obviously a a piece of all of this right because you know at the end of the day you're making the best decision for you as a student athlete and with your parents for what is the best situation for you as a family. Right. Um, right. I think that, that all of those things are equally important, but um, you obviously want the student athlete to have some ownership in that process. And you want the student athlete to kind of drive the communication um, and, and, you know, have, have, have interest in what that means, right? Have interest in what does this look like academically? Have interest in what does this look like athletically? Um, you know, because it's, you know, ultimately it's where they will be spending, you know, time. It's it's their educational experience that they will be applying 
uh, to jobs with a certain set of skills and experiences in the classroom that they will try to take to whatever career they, they do. So, you know, they really need to own the experience because it's, it's, it's them that it is, it is, you know, all of the opportunities that they are opening for themselves. Um, and so they got, they just have to have ownership, I think, in that process and understand, um, what that means. Yeah. And is there anything that's going to cause you to cross a recruit off your list? You know, something that you see when they're playing or something that they do in your communication that regardless of how good they are, you're, you're redlining that guy and saying, you know, not, not for us. You know, I I think being, I I think being a good teammate is such a big thing and it's so important, right. With when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with as many games that we play um, and you're dealing with a roster size where, um, you know, there's a, there's a, decent amount of your guys that have reduced roles probably than they're used to. Um, right. So when they, when they step on campus, sometimes you might have to accept a little bit less of a role than you're used to playing if you're used to playing every single day. Right. And so I think, um, you know, somebody that, that displays, uh, you know, somebody that, that, you know, is a good teammate and, and can, um, can support other people. Um, you know, and how they fit into being a piece of the 35 man roster. I think those things are important, you know, um, somebody that's really invested in winning and caring about winning more so than how, um, they perform in, in, in that win, you know, um, I I think those things are certainly things that you're trying to, trying to look for because, you know, we're only as good as, as our team is going to be. Um, you know, you can have, you can have spectacular individuals and, and still not win. Um, got to, got to, got to put the best 35 on the field. And so people that are driven by team and success of team are certainly important to us. Sure. And, you know, we're, we're in an age where video and technology is being used heavily in the recruiting process. Where are you guys with these things? Are you, are you using video to evaluate recruits? Are you, uh, have you ever committed a guy straight off of video? These are some of the things that we hear are going on and, and just wanted to see where you guys are at with that stuff at San Jose state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, technology is um, technology and the amount of information that is, that is driving our game at all levels, right. From, from profess- professional baseball um, all the way down is, is something that we need to to understand and we need to be able to apply um, as we, as we try to develop our players. So yeah, we use, you know, we'll use, we'll use the track mans and the rap sodos and, and, and those things so that, that our guys will have feedback or our coaches at least will have feedbacks that we can, you know, help best develop our guys and, you know, uh, being able to, you know, analyze, uh, analyze uh, a recruit based on, some of those, um, some of those metrics, you know, also helps. It's a, it's a piece of it. It's not all of it. Um, but you know, I, I certainly, there's, there's value in, in looking at, at swings for me, you know, for me being, being a hitting guy, there's, a, there's a lot of value in looking at, in looking at swings. You know, I, I would rather look at a swing on video then, you know, have somebody tell me that they, you know, they hit 96 exit velocity off of a tee or something like that. Like I see much more value in what I see with my eyes in terms of that. 
um, then I would probably take the metrics of offense um, just because there's so many variables, I think, in that. You know, how – what I look at video, how does that swing play? How do I think it plays? Um, and what I'm looking for um, offensively, there, there, there's a lot of value um, for me in, 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 in video. So, yeah, we, we, we do use video um, both from a pitching end, from a hitting end. We use it with our guys teaching and developing – um, and then the, on the recruiting, the recruiting side, um, you know, we are always trying to cross check names and performance and stats with video. So it is a huge piece of the, of the recruiting as well. And so is that something that a recruit should, if, if they have interest in playing at San Jose state, you want them to email over a link to a video? Yeah. The, the video, the video is always helpful, right? I mean, because, um, it just, it just allows you to, it allows you to, 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 to see it. It's, and again, it's not, it's probably not all of it, but it is, it is some of it. And, you know, when we're, when we're limited in, um, coaches that, that can recruit, right. When the NCA, um, has the limitations of calendar and limitations of coaches that can recruit, um, you know, sometimes it's just, it's really hard to, for all coaches, you know, to go to go see everybody that 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 is maybe on your list to, to go see so um video helps with that and then it also will help you prioritize maybe where you need to be yeah have you ever committed a guy or offered a roster spot based solely on video without ever ever having seen them play live uh yeah i would say that we have for sure for sure um with with some video um backed up with some statistics backed up with, you know, talking to some people. Sometimes you just don't have, sometimes there's just not time to, to, to go see somebody live with, the, with, with how demanding our schedule is when we're playing um, and the timelines and how things move sometimes. Um, that is a, that is a certainly um, plausible, you know, scenario. It, 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 and it, it's happened. It's happened. Um, it's happened for sure. Yeah, find find that it's happening with more and more programs and um, more and more often as, you know, kind of some of the things you talk about, the kind of you marry your what you see on the video with some of the metrics with, you know, some references from a scout or a coach that you trust. And all of a sudden you can put together a pretty big or a pretty good idea of what that player is going to be like. But one of the things we you've mentioned that we haven't dived into it at all is the role of academics in your recruiting. So how big of a role does a player's academics play for you when you're recruiting them? And what do, uh, what does a player who's listening to this or a parent of a player who's listening to this need to know about the academic side of recruiting? Just that, just that the better, you know, the better you perform in the classroom, the more opportunities that you're going to have, the more doors that will open with, you know, your, your, the, the performance that you have, um, in the classroom, you know, the lower the academic performance, the more, the more red flags and questions you have about, um, about the ability to handle all of the work that, that will come your way as a, as a division one athlete. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, and, and again, there, there are every case is an individual case and there's reasons for, for poor academic performance. And, you know, there's, there's things that happen and things that, 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 you know, it, it it's life. And so every, you know, there's no, at least for me, there's no, there's no like GPA cutoff or there's no, you know, it's just a case by case thing. And it's talking to each individual student athlete and 
you know, understanding, um, understanding why and where the performance, um, whether it's uh, lower on the academic scale or higher on the academic scale, just the importance of academics and, and why someone has, you know, performed the way that they have. Because again, what you're worried about as a, as a head coach is that when the academics um, become solely the ownership of, you know, the student athlete and, and the academic, um, you know, the academic counselors and the head coaches and checking in with grade checks and all of those things, you know, when it's primarily driven by the student athlete, wh whether your schedule is, let's say you have classes on, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays and Tuesday, Thursday uh, mornings and early class, and uh, maybe somebody hasn't performed that well in uh, their past academic um, records, you know, you just, you wonder how driven they are um, by academics. So it just, it, it raises questions and that's, that's your job as, as coaches and academic counselors to figure out um, where that motivation lies in the classroom. Um, again, like I said, the, the better performance in, in the classroom, you know, just indicates, you know, may, maybe, maybe there's more capacity to handle all of the things that are going to be thrown um, their way when they become a division one athlete, right? You got to manage the, the weight room and that piece of it. You got to manage the baseball piece of it in practice and skill hours. And then you got to manage the going to class and then doing the work that's required of you, you when, um, you, when you may not have class every day. So uh, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to, to chew off. And, you know, I think the concerns for um, a division one coach on, you know, eligibility and graduation and APR and all of those things that, you know, go into a program's academic performance, how that relates to, you know, everything else that we do. Uh, the academic piece is really, really important for us to, to make decisions. Definitely. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you say, you know, better you are, the more opportunities you're going to have, and then the less your coach is going to have to worry about uh, kind of coddling you through this process and, and give you ownership of it. So good for players well, and, and parents to hear. Yeah. If you have, I mean, if you think about a coaching staff and the things that, that we meet about and we talk about, you know, we're, we're meeting on, on, on a daily basis on, you know, you know, what, what do we need to do on the baseball field? Okay. What does a practice plan look like? Um, okay. What does the recruiting schedule look like? What does a recruiting plan look like? Where do we need to be, um, you know, say for us right now, where do we need to be with the 2020 class? What are our priorities? Okay. And then how are we expanding our 21 list right now? Okay, perfect. Um, and then all the other day-to-day -day things that we have to do, if you've got X number of academic risks, um, you know, that, that, that you need to spend a lot of time um, chasing after and, 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 and worried about, um, you know, it just, it throws more things on top of, uh, on top of, you know, an already, already demanding schedule, you know, for coaches to figure out. So, um, you know, academic responsibility, um, knowing that guys are going to class and knowing that they're taking care of their work is, you know, it, it, it all carries over, you know, it, it, it all carries over to the field um, at some point in time, right? How you take care of your business off the field will eventually dictate things that happen on the field. And if you're not detailed off the field, then we can't expect you to be detailed on the field. You know, it's got to be it's got to be a circular, it's got to be, you know, a circle, um, of off the field and, and on the field. You can't just, you know, you can't have, um, 
athletic performance be at the utmost detail and commitment and uh, dedication uh, that's going to be amazing performance if uh, in other areas of your life, you know, you can't be totally committed to that as well. Sure. And you've already started to kind of segue into, you know, what I wanted to get into next, which is, you know, the program at San Jose state and mountain West baseball. And, um, you know, you've been a part of some really good teams and some successful teams. So I'm wondering, you know, kind of what, what are the pillars of the team culture that you're looking to build as you kind of get your feet settled at San Jose state? And, and what are some of the influences from, you know, places that you've been that you're trying to make a part of the culture at San Jose state? Yeah, I think for us right now, um, you know, the things that are important for the culture here is that, you know, we just got, we, we have everybody, you know, there's total commitment, you know, I mean, you're just totally committed, um, you know, to, to whatever it takes, you know, mentally and physical, uh, you know, with, with discipline, practice and routines. So, so that, that, you know, we can, we can perform confidently on the field. So, you know, you're just asking for everyone to, to commit totally to, to everything that it takes to be good at this game. Right. I mean, and it's, it's, it's a lot, right. It's a lot. And we just talked about a little piece of that, right. I mean, you gotta, gotta commit academically, right. So that if we're counting on somebody, um, and they can't take care of it in the classroom, uh, and they're ineligible or something like that were to happen, right. Then, then we're not totally committed, right. Because you just let, you just let 34 other guys down. Right. Or if, um, we're counting on you to, to hit second and play second base. Um, and, uh, you know, this, you know, you know, this Ethan from, from spending time right at Cal, like if we have somebody that we expect, you know, to play, to play second base, right. And they maybe have, um, their weakness defensively is going to their left. Uh, you know, we got to figure out how to close that gap, but the players got to be totally committed to also, um, to also getting better at that deficiency. So, so that, so that, you know, that we can defend to the best possible ability. Right. But that takes time and that takes totally, to, you got to be totally committed to doing that. So that's really big for us. Uh, team before self, you know, we just, we want guys that are bought into um, what we are doing as a team. Um, and then there's a lot of individual performances that add up to how we perform as a team, but, you know, team before self. And then, you know, we're asking guys to, to, to bring energy and toughness to everything we do. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you got to show up every single day with the energy necessary to, you know, to be just a relentless effort. And, and, and those are the things that, that we're talking about and, you know, the toughness just to overcome the adversity that would, that we'll face, um, you know, by playing the game of baseball. So, you know, that's kind of how, um, how we set it up and the commitment and the team before self and energy and toughness. And, um, and, and, you know, you grab, you grab pieces of, of things, you know, along the way that you see, you see teams do that, that have been successful and you want that to be a part of your program and culture. And, um, you know, the, the 2011 world series run that we had at Cal, um, you know, those things come around when, when you have 35 guys bought into one thing and it's, it's a special thing. It's hard to do. It's hard to, it's hard to replicate. But, um, when you see what it looks like, um, you, 
you want that and, and you want your guys to experience that level of success. Um, and so that, that's, you know, those are the, those are the things that you're trying to build with your own culture. Definitely. So what is, what does it look like for your guys on a, on a daily basis? Kind of walk us through what a fall schedule will look like for these guys, you know, from the time that they wake up to the time that their head hits the pillow. Yeah, right now we're, right now we're in, we're in skills. We're not, we're not in the team practice yet. And so, um, when guys get on campus, we like to take a little bit of time for them to get acclimated to what their schedule looks like and what the academic responsibilities are going to be. And then we'll, um, after a few days, we'll start to introduce the, the weight room. Um, and what does that, what does that look like? Adding now class and weight room, um, to their schedule. And then, and then we'll start to getting into the, the skill hours that, that we will do for baseball. So, um, we, gradually like to start to add things in so that they can kind of kind of start to piece it together because then when full full blown uh practice starts when you're 20 20 hours start you know then it's then it's pretty much like our season we're just not traveling as much but um you know right now um you know we've got we've got days that are driven by mornings and we got days that are you know driven by by afternoons um you know today Today is uh, our guys will wake up in the morning and get their classes done by by 12:30. Um, we'll start our skills. Uh, we'll have our small group skills. Um, today is a defensive day. We'll do defense in our small groups up until we have lifting in the afternoon, um, and then and then we will lift. Uh, we will lift as a team. You know, today from from 3:30 to 5. So yeah, from the, from the time they wake up this morning, it's it's all about academics and then then we'll get into our baseball after lunch. We'll do that for our small groups and then we we do our lift in the afternoon and tomorrow we'll go to a we'll go to a morning day. Um, you know, Fridays are a for us tomorrow being Friday is a is a less of a of a of a class day. Um, we'll lift in the morning and, and then start our start our baseball stuff in the, in in the mid mid morning um, and get that through. So that, that's our eight hour weeks. And then when we get to, when we get to our 20 hour weeks, you know, then it, then it looks similar to what our season looks like in terms of, in terms of practice, practice being the predominant thing. Um, at least from the, from the athletic standpoint, the weight room will, will take a a little bit of a secondary backseat for a few weeks while we're, while we do our 20 hour practices. Um, but, but just maintaining, maintaining the academic schedule. Yeah. How does that weight room blend with what you guys are doing on the field? Do you have a, you have a strength coach? Do you run the strength program? How, how does that work? And how are you making sure that, you know, it mixes in well with what you guys are doing on the field? Yeah, we do have a strength coach. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think communication is the biggest point. Um, with that, making sure that, that, you know, our baseball staff is communicating with our strength staff and then also in communicating with our players and how their bodies are feeling. Um, we're going to be pretty demanding on them in the weight room for the first six weeks. Um, and then, uh, and then we get to the, the baseball piece. So it's, uh, you know, obviously right now we're just trying to, you know, guys have played, they've played, you know, college baseball season and then gone away for the summer. Some of them have played. And so, um, right now we're just trying to get their bodies back to, to being, you know, strong and, and, and healthy. And, and then, then we'll get into the baseball piece, but we have strength coaches. Um, 
we've got one one strength coach that is in charge of us but we're lucky enough that in the times that we lift we've got you know two other guys that are with them so we've got like three guys with our groups making sure that uh they're doing the lifts properly and uh stretches properly and our plyometrics properly um and then and it's just communicating with our trainers and our our baseball staff to make sure that we're all on the same page and that, that time in the weight room can hit the freshman and the first-year players pretty hard, right? So do you have any advice for high school guys about how they can prepare for the rigors of a college baseball strength and conditioning program? Yeah, I just don't think you can be too ready for it. You know, I don't think you can um, – you know, I, I think you, you look at our guys right now and, you know, the maybe it's the sprint work. I think it's, I think it's a combination of things, right, with the amount of – with the amount of maybe sprint work and running that we're doing coupled with all that stuff. It's, you know, it's really probably not accustomed to, to doing all of that. And so, you know, fatigue and hydration and making sure you get enough calories and um, you know, making sure that you're not getting worn down because, or, or that maybe you're losing weight because, you know, the running and the lifting and the skill stuff that we're doing, you know, you've got to make sure that, that the hydration piece is such a big part of that. And the nutrition piece is such a big part of that, that you're staying up on all of it. Right. You can't just, it's, it takes preparation to be able to, to handle all of these things, right. It takes nutritional preparation. It takes, it takes some thought to go through all of this, you know, because if you just react to all of it, right. Then, then maybe, you didn't, you didn't plan your lunch. And so in between class and getting to skills and then weight room, you know, you didn't eat, eat a good enough, you didn't eat, eat a good enough lunch. And so then you're going to go into, by the time you get to weights and running, um, you know, maybe you don't have enough fuel left. Maybe you don't have enough um, nutrition because you didn't have a good breakfast or you didn't take time to eat lunch. And so, you know, I think that's the things that, 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 that people coming on campus, for the first time can really understand is that it takes preparation to set out your day. It takes preparation to make sure that, you know, you're going to eat enough and drink enough. So, but by the time you get through your day, um, you know, you have to go study at night. So you're not so tired that, you know, you've got to keep up and that's, that's making sure that you're fueling your engine to, to be able to keep up with the, the rigors of a, of a division one baseball day. Yeah. Not a, almost seems like you can't eat enough, right? These guys come from high school where, you know, they're not doing as much throughout the, throughout the course of the day. And then they get to a college program where, like you said, they're just getting slammed with one thing after the next. And so it becomes pretty tough, not impossible, but pretty tough to put on that freshman 20 um, by overeating. Yeah. I mean, some guys come in and you, you know, with, with, you know, some guys come in and and the, the goal is to, to, you're right, put on, put on 10, put on 20 and whatever it is, put on 15 so that, you know, your body can withstand a 56 game schedule. You know, some guys come in and, and maybe they feel they need to go the other way a little bit and just get in a little bit better shape. So whatever it is though, you've got to be, you've got to be fueling your body in the right way. And you've got to make sure that you've got, you know, enough in the tank to get you through the day. And then, and then you got to make sure, you know, if you're trying to go the other way that you're making, you know, it's, it's, you don't get put in a position where you're just eating, you're eating bad food, which isn't going to help you, um, which isn't going to help. You got to make sure you're making good nutritional choices too. But again, we're talking about ac- academics. We're talking about nutrition. We're talking about athletics. We're talking about all of these things that you will have help and resources with, with people on campus to help you. But again, you've got to have ownership of the process and you've got to drive the process yourself 
um, if you want to perform at the highest level. Yeah. I'll get back to that commitment that you've been repeating. Um, let's transition to the field. Let's, let's talk a little development. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about the Spartan offensive philosophy. What are you guys trying to do offensively? Um, what does that look like? Well, your philosophy is obviously driven by your personnel. So, um, we, play uh in a conference that's pretty offensive um there's there's certainly some offensive um yards in our in our park uh i mean in our in our conference right um our park plays a little differently than than some of those other places do but you know i i think the ultimate goal is that you can um you know be really really good at home but you got to have the ability to go on the road and win as well so um we're trying to figure out what that looks like um, and what we need to be as we recruit and we construct our offense building, you know, move, moving forward, obviously um, when I was at, at Cal to be around, um, to be around guys like Tony Renda, um, to be around guys like Andrew Vaughn, uh, Marcus Simeon, Mark Canna, Andrew Knapp, right? I mean, you're talking about guys with an unbelievable skill set to hit uh, and do other things. Right. But, um, just, just pure hitters, um, you know, is certainly what, what we're looking for. And again, uh, two years ago, we, we led the Mountain West in, in defense. And last year, I think we, you know, maybe tied for second in defense. So, um, I know that we're going to win with defense, but, you know, for our offensive philosophy, it's just trying to find those guys that, that have something, um, that, that you feel, um, will make our offense, you know, threatening as well, right? That, that we can, we can win a lot of different ways. And I think the last couple of years, uh, the type of offense I'd like to run, I'd like to be able to hit and run and be able to, to bunt and move some runners and, and put some pressure on, uh, do that kind of thing. But, but the reality is, you know, in this conference, we've got to, we've got to also, you know, We've got to be able to double and homer a little bit more um, to keep up with some of the other teams in our conference that, that, that have been successful successful at doing that, right? Um, I think a successful offense is one that can win in multiple ways. And so if that means uh, two singles and, and guys going first to third and a, and, a, and a sacrifice fly or whatever that works to score one, or if that means, you know, a couple doubles or score, uh, you got to be able to win in, in more than one way. And so – Hopefully we are building an offense here that, that can, can win in whatever kind of game breaks out. If it's a like 22 to 19 game that, that we won last year in Albuquerque, like we can win that way. Or if it's a, if it's a, if it's a three to one game that, that we need to win and a really good, really good, uh, really, really well pitched game, then, then we can win. We can figure out a way to win that game as well. So what does the, the offensive training look like on a day-to-day basis? If we're, if we were to walk into a, a Spartan practice while you guys are in your offensive work, what, what are some of the types of things that we're going to see? Yeah. I mean, we like to, we like to hit, hit on some spin. Um, you know, we like to hit with some spin. We like to hit, hit some, some velocity. You know, we, we believe that we believe, you know, when we, we hit off the machines, obviously it's doing a good job of, you know, training our barrels and our swing pass and, you know, for the timing piece, obviously, um, you know, live arm is great and being able to, 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 to kind of own different parts of, you know, whatever, the, whether it's the field or ball flight, you know, from the live, um, from the live, from the live rounds, whether it's execution or ball flight to certain different parts of the field. Um, 
you'd probably see that. And then, you know, just a variety of, uh, of drills, whether it's, uh, you know, top hand, bottom hand work, um, whether we're isolating certain things, um, you know, med balls, uh, you know, athleticism type rhythm type drills off tees or front toss or side toss. Um, you know, I mean, we're basically trying to take each guy and figure out how we're going to, you know, Ethan's problem is, uh, is maybe not the same as, is my problem. And so we've got to figure out what drills work with you and what drills work with me. Um, and we're trying to, we're trying to obviously develop things in the cages so that, you know, if you're not hitting live or you're not hitting on a machine that, you know, there's other things that we can isolate, um, or over exaggerate a certain thing, uh, for you or for me that that's going to help, help maybe focus on a weakness that we have. So, um, I think that's, that's what it would look like. I mean, we, we, we definitely, um, we definitely hit and, and we like to hit and, uh, target hit and, you know, we like guys to be able to own their swing. And so right now we're just in the early stages of guys trying to figure out how their swing works and how they can, how they can, you know, make adjustments to, to, to hitting all pitches. Is there, are there any things that you guys make sure you do every day or does it just depend on how things are going and, and what different guys need? Is there any, uh, anything that you guys are get thrown at the guys each and every day? Cause you feel like this is going to give them the best chance. Yeah. Just, I mean, being comfortable on spin and being comfortable on velocity and, um, you know, I really, I like, I really like the high T, um, just in terms of, you know, how it exaggerates, how it exaggerates where I think the barrel needs to enter, you know, on the swing, um, into the zone. I, I, and then, you know, the live piece, the live piece for the timing, you know, being able to, to work on our, work on our load and our separation, right. The rhythm and timing and being on time, you know, those, those, I think are the, the, are the absolutes that that if you have all of those pieces right you're comfortable with offense to a breaking ball and you're comfortable with velocity um your rhythm and your timing is good and then and then you know what what other little piece you know i, I really do i really do like the the high tier the you know isolated one hand type stuff so that you know guys can guys can focus on one uh one hand or one part of their swing um that 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 you know i think will you know, if you isolate, you know, say a top hand and, you know, you're weak with the top hand and you can get better at that one part, um, or maybe it's a bottom hand, um, piece and guys can progress in how the, the single hand stuff goes. Then, then, then I think the two hand stuff, um, just gets, gets a lot better. How about defensively? You guys have anything that you're making sure you do every day. If we, if we were to walk in during the defensive part of practice, what are we going to see and what are some of the focuses that you guys are trying to sure up before you start gameplay? Yeah. From an infielding standpoint, I think it's footwork and glove skill, right? Footwork and glove skill. Uh, we've got to, we've got to figure out where our guys are um, from an arm standpoint, what they've been doing this summer and where they are. Uh, you know, I think that, that, you know, we're going to demand a lot of throwing from our infielders. Um, we are going to take a lot of ground balls, both, you know, fungoed and, and machine ground balls. So um, making sure that their arms are in a place where they can throw every day and um, they can, they can have a high volume of throwing, throwing from their position where, you know, they're not getting tired. Um, so the glove skill, the footwork, and then, you know, for, for infielders, the, the volume of throwing and then the volume of throwing for 
you know, double play feeds and transfers and, and being able to throw from multiple arm angles. I think um, that that's probably what you see with our outfielders. They're obviously working on, they're working on routes and angles and corrections and uh, you know, fielding the ground, fielding the, the ball, the balls on the, on the ground um, in terms of, you know, how do they, how do they get to, you know, a balanced throwing position where they can make an accurate throw from the ground as fast as they can. Um, and then, and then from a pitching standpoint, really, it's just trying to, we're just going through our arm program and development, trying to get them to a place where, you know, when we start, when we start practicing in October, that they'll be in a place where at least the, that they'll be ready to throw, to throw 20 to 25 pitches in the, in that first outing. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of all pieced together before we get to team practice. Yeah. Well, you're giving us a lot and, uh, don't want to keep you forever. I know you're a busy man right in the middle of fall ball. So just a few more questions. Um, a couple that we like to ask everybody when they come on the show, and then maybe I'll throw you one curveball at the end. But if you could give one piece of advice on the college search and the recruiting process to a high school guy who wants to play college baseball, what would you suggest that they do? Again, I, I, I just, you gotta, you gotta own the process and you have to own like all of it. You know, you've got to, I don't expect people in that position. Cause I certainly didn't know when I was, when that, when I was that, that old, you know, I, I think that you've got to, you've got to try to piece all of it together. You know, um, what does this mean for me academically? You know, what are the opportunities for me academically? um if i were to go to this school and and you know will that will that lead to what i want later in life and again you may not have the decisions on what you want to study but you know are there enough programs that have um things that maybe you know you have access to later on you know what does the network look like what does the alumni network look like you know so that academically that will provide opportunity for you um later on you know socially is this you know what does the social piece look like you know is this a place that i'm going to be happy um is this does this have for the for the little bit of for the little bit of free time that i have you know am i going to be happy you know spending it where i where i'm going to school you know are there things around that 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 i like doing and you know am i far enough away or close enough away or you know close enough to my family or you know what that means you know however important that is um, if that's a piece and then, you know, the athletic piece, right. Is it, is it an opportunity, you know, is it, is it a real opportunity? Is it the opportunity that I want? Um, are, and, you know, have I talked to the players and the coaches and these are guys that I, that I seem like, um, have my best interest in mind and, and people that I, that I want to be around, you know, can they give me, can they give me what I want, you know, as a, as a person to help me develop as a person and can they give me what I want in terms of helping me develop as a, as a baseball player. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be a well-rounded experience in all of those aspects. And you just gotta, you've got to own all of those things, academic, social, athletic, and try to figure out where the best feel and, and, and fit is. Yeah. Good, good way to bring it all together. Look at things holistically. Now here comes the curveball, man. First day of the NFL yeah. is, is yeah. today. You're a big yeah. South Bay guy. You're a Niners guy. How are the yeah. Niners? How yeah. are they gonna how are they gonna do this year? Man, I don't know. I uh I wanna be the I wanna be the optimist. Um I am 
I am proud to say that some of my best childhood moments were spent at Candlestick Park. Um, I was lucky enough to grow up in a time with Joe Montana and Steve Young and Ronnie Lott and uh, Jerry Rice and Dwight Clark and Roger. Cr- I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, how good of a childhood is that when you get to grow up with with uh, with an organization like, you know, Eddie DeBarlow and Bill Walsh. And man, I was spoiled as a kid. So uh, <laughs> I hold on to I hold on to hopes that we can get back there as an organization and add to the five Super Bowls. Um, I need. Uh, I'm gonna I, go. I'm. I'm gonna need I'm more, Eddie. I need to get you nine, on record. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. What do you think about that? I think we're gonna go nine and seven. I. I I've got. I've got faith that that Jimmy G is the next guy to lead us to to good stuff. I'm gonna go. I like. I like Coach Shanahan. We're gonna go nine and seven. How do you feel about that? Nine and seven squeaking into the playoffs, or nine and seven outside yeah, looking yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and seven with a squeak. Okay. Okay, it's on record, so you can't no backpedaling now. <laughs> Not going to hide from it. I, I I think that I think the defense has improved. I don't know. I got a, a little a little concerned with the secondary, but we we'll we'll see. Time time will tell. Um, all right, man. <laughs> now that we got you on on record for yeah, what else? You what, did you have another Niners question for me? What do you got? What we well are they going to finish better than the Raiders? Of course. Yes, of course. Come on. How are the Raiders going to finish? Are they going to? I mean, was that was that was that even a real question? Are they going to be uh, the Raiders of last year, or are they turning the corner? Um, I will give them six wins. Six, six and ten. Six. All right. We'll give them six. All right. Your your Bay Area football recap from Coach (laughs) Coach Amphilippo, football expert. Yeah. Uh, yes yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if we'll go that far Santa, we're just we are just fired up for san jose state to beat tulsa this weekend so that's that's where we're at that's 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 the football we're concerned with and then and then i will personally turn my attention to uh the 49ers at tampa bay yeah pretty we know that you guys are going to have sunday off so i can already i can already see that um well now that we got you on record with what we really brought you on here for is talk football um Let's bring it back to baseball. One last question. We like to finish by giving our guests just an open mic, chance to mic drop their way off the show. So if there's anything we haven't covered or anything you want high school parents, players, coaches out there listening to walk away with from this episode, any shout outs, now's the time, man. Let's see if you can mic mic drop your way off the podcast. Wow. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to throw drop my phone here in my office uh to, <laughs> to walk my way to walk my way out of here but um yeah I, I just think that 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 sometimes um you know sometimes in this uh sometimes in this process you know we get we get really you know wrapped up or we look around and we see things happening for 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 maybe other people and we can't understand maybe why it's not not happening for us um and it's just you know, I think when you when you take a when you take a step back and you look at it from above, and um, you know, I, again, I think there's just got to be there's got to be some some patience. And you know, I mean, there's 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 as in coaching, and, and I said I said it before, I, coaching, playing, 
whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm, I've got coaches on my staff right now that all of them um, had different routes to being division one or two or division two baseball players, you know? Um, and I, I think, you know, whether it's starting at a four-year school and then going to a JC and then going to another division one school, as it's happened for a couple of guys on my coaching staff, right. Um, or, um, you, you know, there's, there's, there's just no, um, there's no, it doesn't always set up perfectly or the way that you, you know, thought it would, or the way that you had planned for or hoped for. And so, I guess that's why I would say don't don't make decisions based upon, you know, what other people did or what other people's timelines were, or whatever it meant for somebody else. The most important person in this process is the person that, that's got to got to own the decision that they're making. And what's best for somebody else may not be best for you. And what's best for somebody else making a decision at a certain point in time may not be best for you. And um, that's the hard thing about baseball, because. You know, sometimes it's sometimes it, it's the, the spring or the summer of someone's senior year of high school. And that's unfortunate because of how our our seasons go and our seasons in the spring and it coincides with graduation and all those things. But, you know, I, I think that in due time, um, you know, let the process play out and make the decision when it when it when it best sees fit and not to not to force a decision based on what other people are doing pretty good advice to uh to end the show on I, I will say from our part we're excited to see how you guys do this year at san jose state now that you've got a chance to really get settled in you got you got a new coaching staff and you guys are ready to to get to work so best of luck to you and the program this year and uh we'll be following along and thanks for joining us on the podcast today I really appreciate the invitation to be on. I think what you're doing is, is, is awesome. Um, I, I think that uh, the, the information and the things that you're doing for people to, to have as a, as a resource, I think, I think that's great. And um, this is, again, this is not an easy process. It's not a perfect process. And, you know, there's a lot of factors and variables that go into this. So if you can help, uh, help give information and, 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 and make it better for people, um, I, I think that's great appreciate the uh the well wishes for us here at San Jose State again I appreciate you having me on and uh thanks a lot thanks for making it to the end of this episode of the KPB podcast if you find value in our podcast please help us make it better subscribe on your favorite podcast platform leave us a five-star rating write a review all of that helps us get this information into the hands of those who need it most We're always beyond excited to get questions and provide more information. You can reach us by email at keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Our Twitter DMs are open. That's at keepplayingbb. Same is true for our Instagram account. That's at keepplayingbaseball and Facebook, keepplayingbaseball. We're always excited to help provide you with the information that you need make educated decisions in the recruiting process and move towards your goal of playing college baseball. Don't hesitate to reach out if you need anything and we'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, take care.